This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Bruss. Thank you, Sid. I am here with Dr. Jen and Dennis Clark. Not only are they amazing ministers of the gospel, but personal friends of this uh, ministry. And we're so glad that you guys are here. We actually have them in studio today. And we are going to be talking about one of the most needed subjects in the body of Christ right now. And I'm telling you, every pastor, every minister, every lay person, every every buddy that calls himself a Christian needs to get this teaching, needs to listen to what they have to say. We're talking about self-deliverance made simple. A lot of ministries have overcomplicated it and made it some works thing that you got to do all these 49 steps. But the Clarks have a divine gift from God to, to teach people how to make it simple, how to, how to get free and how to stay free of any addiction. Wouldn't you agree? Any addiction? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, when we are saved, we don't get just a little bit of Jesus. We have His power, His victory, the freedom His, He offers available for us. I love that. Dennis, uh, the Lord showed you guys both something recently about how discernment and, whole, and a lot of ministers need to hear what you're about to say. But uh, discernment and holiness is about to increase. What, what did the Lord show you? Basically showed us that I believe there's a tremendous harvest that's coming. But to equip the church for self-deliverance and dealing with the huge harvest, for they're coming out of a world, no matter how dramatic their salvation experience is, what the Lord showed us is out of a portion of Scripture in Ezekiel 44, and Jennifer and I both got a powerful witness at the same time. We pray in the same room, we were together, and it just le uh, leapt off the page uh, toward us. And it was Ezekiel 44 where it was referring to the Zadok priesthood. And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the unholy. And they shall teach my people and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. And in controversy, they will stand as judges. And out of that small portion of Scripture, what we clearly saw is that right now we're calling the road the ditch in our society and the ditch the road. Even in the church, though. Oh, absolutely. That, that, do you feel that there's a lot? Have you guys encountered this? And we haven't talked about this, but yeah, yeah, there's, there's some black and whites uh, even in the world. You know, the world considers wrong and stealing and so on and so forth. But in the church, those lines have so crossed. Are you dealing with people in the ministry where, where, where people just flat out thought it was okay to do A, B, and C, or, or they are not hearing from their pastor or their minister that these things are wrong and I should be living differently? Yes, exactly. As a matter of fact, we did a seminar once to get people set free, and we had to backtrack. We found out first they have to be told it's wrong. On sexual sin. On sexual sin. It was like, wait a minute, we got we to gotta go backwards on this. We're, we're jumping the gun. We're trying to get them delivered when in reality they don't even know it's wrong yet. That's, that's Right. And so it was, it was amazing, though, after we taught them 
what was wrong and why it was wrong and that sexual sin always ends up with a seducing spirit as a hitchhiker attached to you, the look of horror wow. came over their faces. Then they were ready for a solution to get These clean. These are church people. Wow. They, right. These wow. are Christians. Well, it, it's, it's wonderful. Your ministry teaches people how to get free because, you know, we don't want these... Uh, these devils and demons hanging on us, hanging on the ministries that we're involved in. And, and as a result, I'm understanding of this revelation that you're now more than ever equipping congregations to discern, this is huge, to discern the flow of God, demonic counterfeits, and how to tell the difference. You know, this needs to get in the hand of every pastor. Right. They need to know what's going on in their church. And of course, uh, my personal opinion, and I'm sure you guys would uh, agree for sure, is that all, all ministers should go through this self-deliverance anyway and then begin to teach it to their yeah. people. Yes. Yes, the harvest is going to be so great, they're going to have to equip their people to help themselves. Or they're going to burn out. Or they're going to burn out. Now, on that point, there, there are certain things that you talk about in your book, which I really enjoyed. Trauma, and there was one other thing that, that takes a more more... Uh, deeper work, you know, there's, there's more demonic activity, right? Uh, so, but on the other side of it, though, is we have made it so complicated, and you guys, why, why is it so easy? Why have you made it so easy, self-deliverance? It's basically not relying so much on someone ministering to us, that just as the title implies, self-deliverance, that we have received an anointing within. And the Holy Spirit wants to teach us, and I think now on the verge of a tremendous awakening and harvest, God is awakening the more seasoned believers to utilize the equipment that's always been in them. We've been given the names of tools in the past, you know, uh, confession, the blood of Jesus, the Word of God, but that's merely naming the tools. What's been missing until now is the application for a person to rely on the Jesus in them. The other thing that we did that I haven't found anybody else who's done it in quite the same way, and probably because I was a totally intellectual Christian. What does that mean? I knew a lot about God, but I was seriously lacking in spiritual experience wow. the fruit of the wow, spirit which is a lot of people right now the fruit of the yeah. spirit was a mystery john 15 when jesus tells us to abide in the vine what is that and how do you do it and how do you know you're doing it so when the lord brought uh, the two of us together and we got married dennis had had all this rich spiritual experience but he wasn't um, teaching it in a way that at that time that even I could have followed. So for my sake, he led me through things in tiny little steps. And so I started writing those steps down because I knew that there got to be multitudes of clueless believers just like me. And we discovered that that is what is helping people that it's broken down into tiny little simple steps that's so simple even children can follow it. And, and I think um, uh, I, want, I want you guys to define self-deliverance because uh, after reading your book, and of course I've known you for a couple years now, but um, every time I read your book, 
it's not like there's this big thing that I have to deal with. You know, I've been saved for 37 years, but that doesn't mean anything. But I see how there's layers that, you know, if, if I have a couple stressful weeks, uh, then, then you have taught in your book, you, you, you lost your peace somewhere and you got to get your peace back. And I love, and so it's not just, you know, getting rid of the big stuff, but it's taking care of all the layers. So t t talk about self-deliverance. What is it? Why do we need it? Self-deliverance is actually sanctification in a progressive way. However, what the Lord has been showing me is that, it, uh, remember the old-fashioned time-lapse photography? There's no such thing as instant maturity. Right. But I do believe there's an acceleration because we have made it harder than necessary. And we form the theology based on what we, uh, how many Christians we saw get converted and not really change much over a period of years. Where my experience has always been changed lives in a very short period of time. And now, Jennifer, what she's calling steps are actually relational. They're not just a formula of step one, two. They all are birthed out of your own internal relationship with Jesus. Jesus the Messiah in you, it starts there, but then it goes to how to allow Him to influence every simple area in your life. Every day, every moment. Moment by moment. And I've heard a lot of deliverance teaching, and, and this may sound like an oxymoron, but the truth is it, it, you've made it simple with deeper and greater long-lasting results. Yes. And other people give you this long 85-week thing, I'm making that up, but this long, drawn-out teaching with minimal results. Yes. But you guys have minimal uh, teaching, simple teaching, with extraordinary results. You know what it is? Um, do you remember in the Gospels when they brought the children to Jesus and He mm -hmm. said, let the little children come to Me? And what we're doing is we're taking believers our, as children of God and we're teaching them how to go directly to Jesus in them. Themselves. Themselves, yeah. yes. That's a paradigm shift in and of itself because we pretty much have seen in the church primarily the expert ministering to someone, and we'll always right. need those experts. Right. Right. But at the same time, it's almost like you don't go to the dentist to brush your teeth. We, we have to, you go for serious things, yes, that's why God's placed authority in our life and seasoned uh, people to reparent us in a sense in the church. But there are too many activities that need to be done by the individual that they've been relying on the expert. And I have to tell you, uh, those that are listening, um, I don't mean to be funny, but this is a true story. When I, I went with the clerks to Israel not too long ago, and it's a long flight there and back. Uh, and I never had so much peace on a flight just by sitting next to you two because of the, the, the peace that you guys carry. And, and all, everybody I know says you carry this level of peace. And it's, it's very attractive because you're, 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 you're not only very humble, the both of you, but the peace that exudes from you guys is wonderful. And there are many people that don't carry that peace. And, you, and there's something that you define that I've never heard before called demonic hitchhikers. What are these? What are demonic, demonic hitchhikers? Well, as I learned from Dennis, that for us to have demonic activity influencing our life or harassing us, 
he, the enemy has to have legal ground. He has to have right. permission. Jesus right. says, the enemy comes and has nothing in me. So, and the, in Proverbs, it also says, the curse, curse causeless cannot alight. So Dennis taught me that anything that I would have called spiritual warfare before, first check in my heart mm -hmm. and ask the Lord, is there ground in me? And learn from Dennis and in my experiences, he prayed for me that all negative emotions, which by the way, are the, that's the devil's toolbox in our lives. Negative emotions. Define, define negative emotions, like what would be? Okay, hurt, fear, lust, guilt, shame, anger is a big one. But see, Jesus, God created our emotions to be conduits of the fruit of the Spirit. All Adam and Eve knew before they sinned, they knew the love of God mm -hmm. and the presence of God. Instantly, once sin entered the picture, all of a sudden, they felt fear, they hid, they got angry at one another, all the negative emotions. And so we know that the fruit of the Spirit, the love of God, indicates the presence of the kingdom of God. And so these demonic hitchhikers, these evil spirits, as you said, they use the legal ground that we're we we move beyond temptation. We've right. given in to sin. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh. And sometimes you can rebuke, just out of the authority in Jesus, uh, a demonic spirit from harassing somebody. But do you ever notice that they'll complain sometime later that it came back? Yes, absolutely. Because they didn't close the door. So sometimes you're using your your spiritual authority prematurely. The more effective way is to teach the person how to close the door um, initially. And that's what you taught me. And when the doors closed, the first time I saw Dennis minister to somebody at a conference, he was praying with a young woman. And as he closed the doors, demonic activity was just flying off because it couldn't, it didn't have anything to hang on to once you dealt with the em negative emotions. And, and this isn't in our notes today, but unless uh, anyone get confused, we're not talking about, when we talk about believers, we're not talking about uh, being demon possessed. Right. Correct. We're, being, we're talking about influenced. Right, being influenced and oppressed. Mm -hmm. I have a good story for you here. Um, I had had a lot of fear issues in my life. And I lived with, at the time Dennis and I met, fear was, anxiety was pretty constant. It flavored my whole life. And so he teased me and called me little much afraid after a character in Heinz Feet on right, High Places. Right, yeah. And so we started praying together on a regular basis and I got healed up of fear issues. But then, this is interesting, so I could drop down to my spirit and feel the peace of God, the presence of God most of the time after we'd been praying together for a couple of months. But I would wake up sometimes in the middle of the night and I would feel fear in the room. But I would drop down to my spirit, I would check inside me. If I felt fear in me, it would mean I needed to go to take that to the Lord. But I would feel peace and therefore I didn't have, that was just a demonic, attack. Now, and, and that's when you can and resist. submit right. to okay. God, right. resist that he will flee. But we can prematurely do that while we have fear in our own heart. Right. You right. have no authority. Exactly. So I would just get even deeper into the presence of God in prayer 
and it would just dissipate from the atmosphere. I like to think, I don't, I can just ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I was going to ask you this after the break, but let's talk about it before. Um, one of the things that you describe so easily and wonderfully that I personally do on a regular basis since I've read your mater material even way back is with the term that you just use dropping down. Mm -hmm. Now for those who are who don't understand uh, what does that mean? What, 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 how does that work? How would dropping down? Dropping down was my term that I coined getting Jennifer out of her head. I was like a yo-yo at she first. Was, I'd go up to my head and worry and then... The, I, would, <laughs> I could discern the fear, so I'd say, Jennifer, put your hand on your belly. Drop down to your heart. Because you give power to what you give attention to. When you to. say drop down, what do you mean? Change like, focus. Change, change your, your focus, focus okay. from your head to your spirit. From your worries <laughs> to God Christ in okay. you. And that from your worries in your head to the Jesus Messiah in you, and I had her actually put her hand there to make sure she'd stay focused, because <laughs> otherwise she was up and down, up and down. <laughs> she stayed focused, and I say, you're giving power or authority or honor to what you give attention to. You start giving attention to being God indwelt. You become God inside-minded by that change of focus. So when you begin that change of focus, and you move, uh, Jen, Dr. Jen, from the worry that's in your mind or the fear, and now you have your hand uh, literally on your belly, mm -hmm. as you guys described, this, where the, that's the seat of your emotions. emotions. Right. And you have your hand on your belly, and you can literally feel that shift take place? Yes, because what you're, this is what the scripture means, taking thoughts captive. Mm. Take them from your head, and release them to Jesus in you. And then he holds them and he, he protects you and he takes care of the things that you were worrying about. Wow, it, it's so simple. It is so simple. But and it works. It works and it transformed my entire life. And I think the mistake would be when you would say, take every thought captive to Jesus, people would get frustrated with the thoughts and they'd look to heaven. Right. Jesus, right. take this out of my right. head. Right. Well, here's the thing, those people that are listening, you have to get this resource. It's two books and a CD. The books are Self-Deliverance Made Simple and A Practical Guide to Self-Deliverance. Tell us about your book real, real briefly here. Your, the, the book, Self-Deliverance Made Simple and then The Practical Guide. Well, the, the book really came out of the lessons that Dennis taught me over the years. And it has been my heart to get these things that helped me so much out to help other people. Um, when we started in traveling ministry for about 12 years, I had told Dennis, you don't know, he'd pastored in his church, stayed in his church until we met, hadn't done traveling. I said, you don't know what it's like out there. There are lots of people <laughs> just like me right. who need these tools. And like you said, it's so simple, but it's so life changing and the biggest thing was you learn how to recognize the strategies of the enemy you learn how to tell if something's inside or outside and you learn how to walk in such freedom that I began living in the vine like Jesus told us to do in inside before. and outside can be very complicated we saw people trying to cast out flesh 
uh, and get uh, demons to and get demonic activity to <laughs> uh -huh. repent. That doesn't yeah. work. So. That never works. You need to get these resources. The book, Self-Deliverance Made Simple, in the study guide, a practical guide to self-deliverance in their CD, Prayers of Deliverance. And I am telling you as a producer here that these materials have blessed me, have encouraged me, and I use the same principles with my own children. Uh, when we come back, I want Dr. Jen and Dennis to teach us this extraordinary uh, level of peace that they have and how you can live in peace, supernatural peace 24-7. We'll be right back. Well, I'm very excited about uh, what you're going to hear because I was having dinner one day with the Clarks and they were talking about self-deliverance. And it was so simple, we came up with the concept of a book, Self-Deliverance Made Simple, with a study guide, a practical guide to self-deliverance, and a CD with special prayers of deliverance. But when people hear deliverance, they think demons, and they think, I'm a Christian, I can't have a demon, I don't need this. But when you two talk deliverance, what they're talking about is there are doors that through even ancestry, or yourself that you have opened that give the demonic access and cause your emotions to go haywire. Uh, and uh, the truth is, I've never seen a simple way to handle this. Self-deliverance made simple is simple, but it's based on that we are God indwelt. And I believe that believers are going to learn more and more the authority that they have and that the deliverer lives inside of them and that the days of going to the expert may be required by some, but primarily we're going to have to learn out of our own relationship, being God indwelt, Jesus living in you, that he is the deliverer. And just as God taught me, we're going to see the multitudes uh, really learn how to apply self-deliverance when no one else is around and it's just you and Jesus, you're going to have to know what to do because uh, opportunities prevail sometimes where there's no one around. I know on even uh, the cover of our book's got a person sitting out on a peninsula all by themselves. And I think that depicts uh, where a lot of believers are. Some of them have quit going to church. Some of them are sitting uh, in, their, in their living room saying, I love God, but, but. And they fail to understand there are influences isolating them. There's influences influencing them that are clearly demonic, but they've got to learn how to close the door to remove that influence. You know, you know I went to your church and I talked to some of the people and one person said, I've been a believer 30 years, but I have never really heard God's voice. And just by learning the simple principles, people will hear God's voice. Now you have in the workbook uh, 47 different areas you teach on, uh, whether it's trauma or whether it's fear uh, or, or whatever emotion you're dealing with. And it's the book, and we have an exclusive basis, is Deliverance Made Simple study guide, a practical guide to self-deliverance, and the CD where they're going to pray prayers of deliverance for you called Prayers of Deliverance. Trust me, start with yourself.
walk in peace 24-7 and then help as many people as you can. We are here with Dr. Jen and Dennis Clark. It's such a privilege to have you guys. As always, you guys are wonderful, wonderful friends, and uh, your ministry is changing so many lives. In fact, Dennis, how did this all start with you? Uh, actually, it was in a very, I felt, beautiful way because it was relational. As a matter of fact, everything we teach, even when we call it steps, is relational. But it all began that after uh, receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I was extremely sensitive to His presence. And the minute I would close my eyes, He taught me in kind of the school of the Spirit that this is honor. When you close your eyes, you honor me. Good prayer time, bad prayer time, a lot of revelation, no revelation, you honor me. Just focused on the fact that when you come to me, you honor me. I closed my eyes and then I'd be honoring him, enjoying that touching awareness, spirit to spirit, heart to heart, breath to breath, whatever way you want to describe that experience. And then all of a sudden, it would be interrupted with a flash in my mind of maybe my foreman at work's face. <laughs> and I would feel this yuck. Yeah. And, he, and my interpretation was that yuck down in my gut, down in my spirit, was coming between me and Jesus. And I would let him, through forgiveness, I would just let him wash it out and now, restore my peace. What did he say to peace. you about that? He said, Dennis, don't let anything come between what you and I have together. Wow. So I didn't take it as deliverance or emotional healing or sanctification. I, I only took it from the relational point of view that there's really nothing worth coming between me and Jesus. And did you get your peace back? I got my peace back and I noticed that it's addictive. <laughs> that it is, that's my whole point. It was like once you have that kind of satisfaction, there's really nothing worth losing your peace over. No. We make it big in our head, but it's really. And, and I'm going to tell you, uh, I don't know if it's exactly this way for everybody, but I'm going to tell you how it works for me, that when I follow the steps that you lay, laid out, and again, it's so simple. And when I drop down and make a point to do that, you have to make a point, you know. And when I do that, though, I literally feel like, um, uh, like, butterflies in my stomach. You, you, do yeah. you guys ever feel yes. that? It's like this light, really refreshing feeling, and that's what is addictive. I want to feel that way 24-7. Yeah. Yes. I love it. So speaking of which, uh, you guys teach how you can live in peace 24-7. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, you, just being around you, the peace that you carry is addictive, and it comes out in your materials and your CDs and, and knowing you. So for the people at home uh, that, that can't hang out with the Clarks, how can they live in peace 24-7 like you, like you learned to do? And how can they do that? What do they have to do? They're going to have to realize that they're the most forgiven people on the face of the earth. They're going to have to be the most forgiving people. Forgiveness is the key to reconnecting to that peace. Wow. When you lose That's your good. peace, there's something in the way. When you walk a forgiveness lifestyle, and it should flow like a river, the peace of God and the will of God should be a divine romance that flows like a river continuously. And you will know when something is interrupting. Dennis taught me to deal quickly. And the, what I noticed, and in those years before um, 
your son moved and became part of the ministry and I have somebody handling the computers now that I can call. Uh, something would go wrong with the computer and I'm not technological, but the first thing I noticed was instead of being relaxed, I could feel that tension grip me in the gut and I learned to deal quickly and release it into the hands of God and I instantly got my peace back and Dennis taught me to quickly deal with things, to not let um, negative emotions or fear or worry or stress hang around and this, that was the biggest thing that I learned from you that made this valuable that I wanted to again, live in that peace. this release had to be from the heart, mm -hmm. down from the gut. Because I see people in the workplace and they see somebody that's stressed out and they go, let it go, Ralph, you know, let it go. And they try to let it go mentally and it doesn't work. Well, on that note, uh, let, let's just talk again briefly about how you teach that you have to understand the location of your will and emotions. Talk about that for a moment. Yeah, we found out that when we did traveling ministry uh, that we would say, uh, Jesus in you, the hope of glory. And we'd, we'd be in crowds of a thousand people and say, where's Jesus? And 90% would point to heaven. Wow. I, I said, wow. Jesus in you, the <laughs> hope of glory. Where's Jesus? They would point to heaven. There's almost a disconnect Wow. Yes, he's in heaven, but there's something, there, there's some uh, misapplied distance. Kingdom is within. Kingdom right. of God was there. And you. then we would um, have an altar call. Okay, we're going to teach them how to go to Jesus within. To go any further in the teaching, they have to understand how to yield to him, how to yield their will to him, which and, is the door of the heart that and, Jesus talks about. And where about. the will is, because right. most pointed to their temple. When I'd say, where is your will? They would point to the temple and we'd say, oh no, 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 here's your will. And here's how you can even tell that the, your will is there. We would say, all of a sudden you're walking through the grocery store and you see the last person on the face of the earth you want to run into today. And down in the gut, you put up a wall. Exactly. That's you your flesh. You shut the door. You shut exactly. the, what you're saying to that person is, I'm going to listen to you, but my heart is not open to you. Wow. I close the door of my heart. But worse than that, Jesus isn't involved in that scenario. No. You're in self-protection. Because that wall is fear. That wall is fear and you are trying to protect yourself. We teach people that in a hostile environment, that guy walking down the aisle who you really don't want to see, you would just go, geez, just sink into Jesus and peace would guard your heart and your mind. It really does guard your heart and your mind, and no matter what he said, would quench the fiery darts, and it would not harm you. But let me let me ask let me take it a step further. Um, there, there's people that, you know, give you a dirty look or something. It's kind of a little easier to drop down. Ah, let it go. But somebody really hurt you. Somebody really betrayed you, whatever it is, um, what do you, it, it doesn't, it's just not naturally as easy because we're human to say, oh, I'm going to drop down and let it all go. And when, you know, their spouse committed adultery or, or somebody stabbed somebody else in the back, so to speak, how, how do you process it through what you teach? You had that happen to you when you were a young believer. Yeah. When I was a young believer, I saw where it took a little bit of time, but God was taking me to school and making you stronger. There was a man, I was a baby Christian and he was a baby Christian and he wrote an article. He didn't like what I was teaching. 
And he says, part one of three. A negative article about A negative you. article, and he attacked. The first wow. time I wow. read article one, I felt like a donkey kicked me in the gut. Wow. It hurt so bad. And I started to release forgiveness to him and had to hold my heart open, but I also in my mind said, part two is coming next week, <laughs> and part three the week after that. Yeah. And by the time the second week came, I felt it hurt, but it didn't kick me in the gut like it did before. And God was saying, I'm making you stronger. As you release loving forgiveness, you're also creating spiritual prowess. So let me ask you this, even when somebody, uh, a, like I suggested before, uh, a spouse committed adultery mm -hmm. and, you know, in their repentance and so on and so forth, or there's abuse in the family, you know, you grew up in an abusive home, and please correct me if I'm wrong. From everything that I've seen in, uh, with your ministry and the books that I've read, that there is instant change in your heart towards that situation, your spouse, your father, your mother, your whatever, there is instant change if you're willing to let it go. Right. Right. Is that correct? Yes. Correct. It's instant in you. And I think people get preoccupied, well, what's it doing to that other person? Right. No, no, no. It's getting you out of the prison of resentment. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's it's giving you start to feel better unless you have a problem with that. <laughs> you begin to remove any emotional stuntedness to your growth. You can even receive physical healings and be surprised by them by that emotional release regardless of the perpetrator. You are speaking health to your physical body. You're feeling better. You'll start making better. You know, if you've been in an abusive situation or you've had someone that literally uh, broke your trust, which is very fragile, if you basically release forgiveness to them, you will actually have a peace that will give you the wisdom on how do I continue now that that trust has been That's broken. Good. Because if you stay angry or hurt, you will be unnecessarily harsh in your decision making. That's good. And because your ministry, you deal with a lot of these issues, um, you've seen a lot of people change right before your eyes. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. And they're surprised. As a matter of fact, it's, I wouldn't call it a complaint, but I've certainly had a lot of people question, this was, I feel better, but this is too easy. <laughs> because they're almost programmed that everything has to be hard. Live in your pain. And live live right, in your pain. Right. It's self-pity to a certain right. extent. Yeah. You know? And live, live in the past. Yeah. Oh, yes. And you teach people how to be free from that. I'd right. say in 60 days, the average believer could deal with most of the baggage if of they, the past. If they prayed wow. through the just a few yeah. things, every, a few minutes a couple, every day to pray. A few minutes well, every day. Which I was going to ask you again. Now, you guys seem to live in constant peace. Are you dropping down every 20 minutes? Are you... Uh, you, you I, you're shaking your head. You're in the studio here. No, and I didn't think so. Uh, but why do you live in such peace so often? Because it is addictive, as we said before. But at some point, I believe any believer, it's almost like the cord gets cut and you learn, like a pregnant woman has to use her mind, but she is constantly, especially if she's like eight months pregnant, she's constantly aware of precious cargo. Wow. We have the wow. capacity to stay down. 
or abide in the vine or practice the presence 24-7, whatever term you use, there is a point that draw nigh to God, He draws nigh to you. There is a, a spiritual principle that the more you practice, maybe a little up and down in the beginning, mm -hmm. but the more you practice and say this is important, eventually it's almost as if the cord gets cut wow. and it takes being blindsided to lose that peace. And let's be honest, in, in, uh, you know, Jesus talked about peace, but in a world that we live in these days, it's, it's rough out there. Yes. And we need to carry our peace, otherwise right. we're, I like that, I've never heard that before, Dennis, where when we have the peace of God, we, we make better decisions, wise decisions, as opposed to out of the flesh and worry and anxiety. And Sure, just know. think a parent stays up all night worrying about their kids, but if you lose sleep, it's a form of torture, you're gonna get up with the conclusion, I'll just kill those kids, that's what I'll do. Right, right. You know, I mean. Now, you have a testimony of a lady in Mexico that was delivered, what happened? Yes, that, and, and primarily, our part was very small. We simply taught her what to do. A group of us pastors went down to a, a all pastors uh, 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 conference in Mexico, and one of the pastors was concerned that there was a family that he loved. They were all believers, but the daughter had become a prostitute, worked on the street, then she got pregnant, returned home. But uh, the, the psychological term probably agoraphobia. She took that baby when she delivered and stayed in one room and wouldn't come out. And everybody was concerned, is the baby getting nourishment, et cetera, et cetera. And so they invited the pastors and she, with a little bit of uh, coaching, was willing to speak to a pastor. And when she said that she was ashamed that she had brought to the family and she was ashamed of herself, that all she basically did was receiving, well, I think she had known Jesus now prior. She, she was, she had demonic. Um, oh, her arrest. eyes were black as two pieces of coal, dull wow. black. She had received forgiveness from Jesus. She took Jesus in, received forgiveness for that lifestyle. And what happened to her and eyes? And instantly the eyes changed right before her eyes and and she immediately gave the baby to her mother, which yeah. was encouraging because she was in that room. They didn't know if the baby was being fed. And gradually, we heard later from the pastor that within a period of, a, um, of weeks, she was in different rooms in the house. She went out of the house and actually returned to church. And did all you pastors surround her and cast devils out no, for no, 25 no, 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 minutes? No, no, long, no long prayer me. Actually gave her the tools of how to help herself because she's so fragile. Wow. As a matter of fact, people in, in, in trauma like that were basically saying, you know what? Our Jesus, this is good for refugees that have seen horrific things. Our Jesus will take your pain and sorrow but he works from the inside out. Would you like to invite him in? Wow, which which a lot of ministers, they, they're kind of, they fly in and fly out. What you did for that woman in Mexico, she doesn't ever need to talk to Dennis Clark again. No. Right, right. She, you, you taught her simply, and now she has the tools. Yes. We consider ourselves to be coaches. coaches. <laughs> our responsibility in our own church and in all our teachings is to teach the team how to play the game.
We don't want a bunch of appointments. We don't want people to keep coming to us. We want to give people the tools to help themselves. And boy, does that make life easier for being pastors. Yeah. And that's what these tools are here that we're offering to you. Fear, anxiety, worry is not supposed to be part of your life. You're, that's not supposed to be part of your emotional makeup. You're supposed to not have fear. The devil's supposed to fear you. Yes. And in Self-Deliverance Made Simple, uh, Dr. Jen and Dennis Clark show you how to receive freedom for yourself and not only yourself, but it empowers you to make sure that every door in, of the enemy is closed in your life and those around to teach those around you. This is practical, user-friendly for receiving self-deliverance. And I'm telling you, you apply these steps to your life. You can be set free from any, right? Any bondage, yes. any addiction yes. and receive I love this, spiritual healing right where you are. In this book and study guide, you'll learn how to discover the, the tools that you need that Dennis talked about in the first segment. It's not enough to know about the tools. In theory, we, knew, we need to know how to use them, how to get the demonic hitchhikers out of your life. And also, we, they've provided a CD for you uh, every minister, every pastor, every church, everybody listening needs to get this tool. How you can learn to deal with any issues in your life, any addictions, any bondages. They lead you in prayers of self-deliverance. They teach you from personal experience, which is wonderful, and how to get rid of all the obstacles to your destiny in the Messiah. So here is the resource again. It's the book Self-Deliverance Made Simple, the study guide, a practical guide to self-deliverance in the CD, Prayers of Deliverance. When we come back, we're going to learn about something that fascinated me so to where I had to tell my family about this, brain cleansing. I've never heard this term, but I, it's no wonder why I've woke up with a headache before. <laughs> uh, and you're going to find out when we come back why you've wake, woken up uh, feeling like trash, to be honest with you, uh, the next morning. We'll be right back. Well, I'm very excited about uh, what you're going to hear because I was having dinner one day with the Clarks and they were talking about self-deliverance. And it was so simple, we came up with the concept of a book, Self-Deliverance Made Simple, with a study guide, a practical guide to self-deliverance, and a CD with special prayers of deliverance. But when people hear deliverance, they think demons, and they think, I'm a Christian, I can't have a demon, I don't need this. But when you two talk deliverance, what they're talking about is there are doors that through even ancestry or yourself that you have opened that give the demonic access and cause your emotions to go haywire. Uh, and uh, the truth is, I've never seen a simple way to handle this. Self-deliverance made simple is simple, but it's based on that we are God indwelt. And I believe that believers are going to learn more and more the authority that they have and that the deliverer lives inside of them and that the days of going to the expert 
may be required by some, but primarily we're going to have to learn out of our own relationship, being God indwelt, Jesus living in you, that he is the deliverer. And just as God taught me, we're going to see the multitudes uh, really learn how to apply self-deliverance when no one else is around and it's just you and Jesus, you're going to have to know what to do because uh, opportunities prevail sometimes where there's no one around. I know on even uh, the cover of our book's got a person sitting out on a peninsula all by themselves. And I think that depicts uh, where a lot of believers are. Some of them have quit going to church. Some of them are sitting uh, in, their, in their living room saying, I love God, but, but. And they fail to understand there are influences isolating them. There's influences influencing them that are clearly demonic, but they've got to learn how to close the door to remove that influence. You know, I went to your church and I talked to some of the people and one person said, I've been a believer 30 years, but I have never really heard God's voice. And just by learning the simple principles, people will hear God's voice. Now you have in the workbook uh, 47 different areas you teach on uh, whether it's trauma or whether it's fear uh, or, or whatever emotion you're dealing with. And it's the book, and we have an exclusive basis, is Deliverance Made Simple, a study guide, a practical guide to self-deliverance, and the CD where they're going to pray prayers of deliverance for you called Prayers of Deliverance. Trust me, start with yourself. Walk in peace 24-7 and then help as many people as you can. Well, welcome back. We are having such a good time with Dr. Jen and Dennis Clark and learning many things. And in fact, uh, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life, many times, unfortunately, that I have carried the what you call the garbage, uh, Dr. Jen, from the previous day into the next, and you suffer for it. I feel it in my body. Now, I'm not, this is not in my notes, so you, you say it how, you, how you've uh, studied it, but I feel it in my body. I feel it in my emotions are heavy. Nobody should be waking up feeling defeated. I mean, right. come on. <laughs> That's not how God made us. What is this whole thing that you talk about with brain cleansing? Okay, for, for one thing, that Dennis and I make it a point to, as negative emotions come up during the day and we lose our peace, we deal with it instantly. And the goal is what you don't deal with today, you'll carry that over yes. in, as, into the next day as emotional baggage. But also, I learned something fascinating. First, uh, on a sleepless night, that I had, and then shortly after that, discovered a new truth that scientists have recently uncovered. And what happened was I had a sleepless night, so if the enemy keeps you awake, you might as well pray. Might as well. So I just spent the night yielding to the Lord and staying in His presence and not getting upset. And the next morning I got up at my normal time. I wasn't physically tired. I didn't have that horrible brain fog that you usually would expect after a, a night where you got very little sleep. And then I ran across a research article. And scientists discovered 
in 2012 that there is a system for brain cleansing that had been hiding from the scientists. Wow. And it wasn't discovered uh, because it kind of hides in the network of blood vessels because they're parallel and they couldn't see it until they studied live mice and they studied what was happening in their brains and they discovered that there's a system, a lymphatic system in your brain, they call it a glymphatic system after the glial cells in the brain, that kicks into high gear when we sleep. And what happens at that time, uh, now you have cerebral spinal fluid that's always washing your brain sort of in a small sense, but at night, in deep sleep, or when somebody is in deep prayer, the neurons in the brain actually shrink back and create more open space between cells. The space increases by 60%. The glymphatic system then sweeps into high gear like a hydraulic pressure cleansing system and cleans out all that waste, all the proteins and from what, cellular what activity. What is it cleaning out? Like Debris from your brain. Okay, our cells um, use up protein. They have waste products just like our body, whole body has waste products. And it's that buildup of waste products from the activity your brain does during the day that creates what we call the brain fog or the bad feeling. So it's all the negative things. The negative okay. things, okay. right. And so that glymphatic system washes through our brain and carries all that debris away into our liver to be disposed of. So we don't have to wake up with the garbage from yesterday. Right, we don't. So this could be part of what the Bible says is mercies are new every morning. Exactly. Or what was the verse that you... The, uh, don't let the sun go down on your wrath because it, it'll hardwire and... Into your and, brain while you sleep. And you were telling me something uh, off the air that if you hold on to anger for a couple days, I mean, you're literally messing with your brain. Oh, yeah. You're, you're going to come to all kinds of faulty conclusions in what you call logic. It's like right. sleep deprivation. You stay up all night worrying about your kids. After you're tortured with sleep deprivation, your, 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 your reasoning ability is going to come out to something like, uh, I'm just going to kill those kids. I don't know what else to do with them. So we, we, we can't hang on to stuff. You can't. We got to get, we got to grow up and stop hanging on to garbage. Right, And right. maturity requires a quick response. And you said, uh, Dr. Jen, that uh, getting lost in God's presence, you get the same thing is happening. Yes. So that's why I had that sleepless night, but I had a glorious time in the presence of God. And the same thing happens when we're in the theta and delta stages of sleep. The same brain waves are seen, are detected by scientists when they study people in deep prayer. Those same brain waves, really? yes, are occurring and it allows that glymphatic system to kick in. And that's why people feel so wonderful if they yield, after they come out of deep prayer, they feel refreshed. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Not only are we spiritually refreshed, we are physically refreshed. Yeah, absolutely.
But deep prayer is a product of your spirit, not your mind. Mm -hmm. It affects your mind, but it doesn't start there. I like that. Now, uh, Dennis, there's a major epidemic that you describe going on in the world today. In fact, the stats say that at least 60 million people just in the U.S., one out of every five, are dealing with this epidemic. Uh, I, I see it in different lives that I know. What, what is this epidemic? Uh, this epidemic is basically, I've found a spirit of loneliness. It's not just uh, isolating themselves um, and putting themselves in a shell, but they're actually going against their own design nature. Societies saved and unsaved around the world have a natural inclination towards society, toward group. Community. Community, yeah. and it's natural. And one time, um, I know what, prior to salvation, I used to wallow in self-pity as a medication. I'd even play sad music. I wonder how many people even do that. Purposely, <laughs> yeah. purposely yeah. played sad music to fit the mood to wallow in it. Wow. All right? So then I get saved, and I began moving through some difficult situations. I've had uh, loved ones that died, and I felt uh, the tendency to withdraw and isolate and self-medicate and self-pity and feeling bad and lonely. And I walked outside, and there was those hazy street lights that are kind of lonely and dreary in and of themselves, that blue light. I walked outside, and all of a sudden, I realized that I was God indwelt and that He was omnipresent and He gave me a manifestation that in that dreary atmosphere, He was as thick as honey. Wow. And I said, so then all of that sadness can be an emotion, but the loneliness was clearly a spirit that tries to isolate. It made you feel empty inside. It made you feel empty inside if you gave into it. And I'm going, I am God indwelt. I can feel His presence in me and like honey in the atmosphere all around me. Therefore, He never leaves me nor forsakes me. Therefore, that other experience was a demonic entity trying to put a capsule around me and have me ache inside if I gave into it. So what did you do? I basically just simply received forgiveness for ever giving ground to loneliness. It was contrary to the very nature of God. And anything is contrary, I don't want any part of it. I received forgiveness for giving place to it with the sadness, the self-pity. Uh, but also recognizing that never again will I ever be alone. It's an, I think in terms of we, me and Jesus, never alone. Alone is to cut off a source of reality. I tell you what, Dennis, if we could do this, we have a few more minutes. We could, we could go in so many di different directions of prayer because uh, of, of the nature of what people are going through, fear, anxiety, worry. But I feel that we should right now, if you're willing to uh, minister to those, because it's such an amazing epidemic, minister, if you too would minister right now to those that are listening, that are dealing with loneliness, and you know, just lead them through the steps to get free and to receive. This will be emotional healing as well as deliverance. I want you to close your eyes, 
and if need be for a sense of focus, put your hand on the belly and you will feel like an ache or an emptiness, whatever, whatever it is you feel. I want you to receive forgiveness from the Jesus, the Messiah in you. Receive forgiveness for having opened the door to that. And as soon, and this is, can be very quick, as soon as you feel peace, there, as soon as you feel peace, you allow Jesus, your deliverer, who lives on the inside of you, to rise up and cast out that spirit of loneliness and say, never again, never again to return. I let Jesus, the deliverer, set me free allowing Jesus the Deliverer to rise up and push out all of that loneliness to be encapsulated from this point on as we, that He has never left me, nor does He forsake me, nor will I ever give in to allowing that isolation, lonely spirit to push God out of my life ever again from this day forward. Amen. Amen. Wow, what peace. What peace. Uh, Jen, Dr. Jen, I'd, I'd like to uh, ask you about one more area before we wrap this up, because I hear from children to seasoned believers speaking word curses. You, you, you describe it as inner vows. What is the danger and the remedy for these inner vows? What are these inner vows? Okay, an inner vow is a statement where you lock your willpower into a certain pattern. Um, there, after, when I was widowed, now I was a world-class vow maker, so I had a lot of, <laughs> lot of these I had to deal with. Like what, give, give us a couple. Okay, when I was widowed, this is long before Dennis and I met, I made a vow, I can't, feel all these feelings, I've got two children I've got to take care of and I've got to survive. And what I did, I shut down my emotions and locked all the hurt and pain inside me. And so I couldn't cry, I couldn't let my feelings out. I think it probably blocked some feelings of tenderness and sympathy and empathy for other people during this. But later when Dennis and I met, he told me what to do, this came up in prayer, one of our early prayers, because Jesus made our emotions for the fruit of the Spirit to flow through, and I had actually gone against His pattern by taking control of my own emotions. Wow. Yeah. So it came up in prayer I, when Dennis was praying with me, and he said, you made a vow, you locked down your will, you shut your emotions down. And so he, I said, what do I do? And he said, I want you to receive forgiveness for taking charge of your emotions because all of you belongs to Jesus, every part of you, you're bought with a price. So he had me receive forgiveness and so I got peace. And he said, now you locked your will down, you made the vow, and this is one of the few times we have somebody say something out loud. He says, you say out loud the words to break that. So I said, as an act of my will, I choose wow. to feel all my feelings. And then it was like the floodgate broke. Mm. 
and I was able to feel again. We've seen people who it was al almost like they um, have a gray look about them, that they're in such tight control. And when it breaks, it's like a, a flood. flood. Yeah. Yeah. Comes and in. some mm -hmm. find themselves crying for no reason at all at the kitchen sink. Wow. But in reality, that's a healthy sign because it's saying those things that have been suppressed for so long are now free to be expressed, but given to God because on the other side is the fruit of the Spirit or peace. And suppressed for so long, how many adults in church right now are holding on to vows that they made as children? Oh. I'm never, I'm never going to find somebody to right, love right. or to right. love me. Right. Uh, I'm never going to be good at, I, I'm never going to, my mom wasn't a cook, good cook. My grandma, well, I'm not going to be a good cook. Right. You oh, know? it is so common. It's, it's almost universal. So we got to break the disagreement with that. The never and the always are huge words wow. that now in, in prayer, we have people go to God and let him bring up things. Yeah. But a lot of people can just think back. What are the things you said never or always to? You've made an inner vow and locked your will wow. down. Wow. That's a that key indicator. That opens up a new door. Sure. Yes. Right. I remember with Jennifer, the, the word that the Lord gave was come out from behind the lattice. I believe there are multitudes of people that they have Jesus in them, but he's living a confined, restricted life. And he's saying, I want you to come out from behind the lattice. And they go, how do I do that? Those are the walls. The walls. That, you, uh, that you've built. So you listening need to let down your walls, I am telling you, and let the Holy Spirit, let Jesus within, the forgiver within, the healer within, the deliverer within, touch your life like never before. Dr. Jen and Dennis Clark made available for you resources for you to learn how to do self-deliverance the easy way. Even with problems that have been plaguing you for years, you can simply release your will, release your emotions to Jesus, and he will heal you. He will set you free. He will touch you. You do not have to live in fear, anxiety, worry. You don't have to uh, go to bed stressed out, overwhelmed and full of the world and wake up feeling foggy and, and miserable. You can just give it to Jesus. You can learn how to drop down as they teach so well. And in their resources, their book, Self-Deliverance Made Simple. You have to get a hold of this book. It will touch you. It will change you. They lead you practically step by step on how to be free from a multitude of areas that are plaguing believers today. And their practical guide walks you through it. A practical guide to self-deliverance, it walks you through it. And they have gone through this themselves. They originated this. They, they, they've gone through it themselves. Uh, they, when they got married after two months, Jen, Dr. Jen was a totally different person after going through these principles that Dennis had taught her it changed her life forever and now she mixes the science with the with the power in the presence of God and everything that she's learned and these this dynamic duo I'm telling you has ministered to so many people and this book in CD these two books in this CD will change your life. This CD is Prayers of Deliverance. They will lead you through simple prayers, how to get free like we did with loneliness, how you have to change your thinking that it's not me alone in my situation anymore, it's me and Jesus. It, they teach how you can learn to deal with generational sin, how to get rid of mental strongholds, how to 
remove the obstacles that are blocking your destiny. To place a credit card order for today's offer, call anytime at 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or log on to our website at www.sidroth.org. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. Call 1-800-447-2697 or log on to our website to receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter or materials catalog. I really want to mentor you monthly to walk in the supernatural of God. Log into our website and get information on how you can join our mentoring clubs by becoming Mishbucha or Chalitzim. You can write me at Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. That's Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222. Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.